Hey guys, we are here with Carrie Tate Barkley and she is the owner and incredible entre entrepreneur, easy for you to say, <laughs> mother of fabulous children, mother of three incredible stores, the French Cuff Boutique, and you're celebrating an anniversary year and we're so excited to be here with you. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So you ventured into doing what so many little girls think when they are young women, they want to be in the fashion industry and they want to have a store and you make it look so easy. But the more we talk, I know it has been an incredible journey for you. And you weren't always in fashion. Like you had a real job, a day job. Kind of tell us about your path and how you got here. Okay, I will. So, um, in high school, uh -huh. uh, and, and maybe even in middle school, but just thinking back to high school, I was so into fashion and, you know, I would go to Goodwill and I would put together unique outfits and I had a good friend, we would do it together and it just was so fun to arrive at school on something no one else had. Um, I just had a really big passion for it and at that time dreamed of having a little boutique, but then as I went through school and, and, and went into college, I, you know, this is going to sound very shallow, but I just really wanted to make a lot of money. And so I was thinking, you know, what can I do to make a lot of money and I can be in sales and I don't know what I'm going to sell, but I just, I want to make a lot of money. And, and so that was really my focus at first was let me, let me jump into um, something that you know, will give me a great livelihood. And so I went into um, doing sales and recruiting. And uh, it was great, it was a straight commission job. And meanwhile, in the back of my mind, I'm dreaming of this boutique that I always wanted, but I was staying focused and <clears throat> did recruiting for a while and moved into more of a, it, it was feeling a little empty, so I moved more into an employee relations role in HR and mm -hmm. in a big company. And it, that was very rewarding and it was very challenging and um, very engaging. Um, and very trying actually and so because um, you were just dealing with a lot of issues and negativity and I still had in the back of my mind I just wish I could have that little boutique um, and so at the time I was married and um, you know had built up my career to this point and you know had the golden handcuffs and all of that uh, but just felt a little empty and so um, I talked with my husband at the time about wanting to pursue this little boutique and it was a at the time we didn't have children um, but we were dual income no kids and kind of living the life and traveling and we uh, had to agree that we would go down to one income and that um, we'd kind of take this risk of me opening this store uh, we we at the time didn't have the money to just put into a store and so what we agreed to do was take out alone on our house and use that money to open the store that was very scary and it was also in a time it was 2007 and we opened in 2008 when it was difficult to get a loan it was um, so difficult then it wasn't those low interest rates <laughs> that's right and we and have the, right now either and the, the economy was starting to you know crumble if for mm -hmm. those of y'all remember 2008 it wasn't fabulous but anyway, forged ahead, um, as scary as it was, and opened the first French Cuff Boutique. 
13 years ago in 2008 and um, I feel like the rest is history. It was the scariest thing to do, but I will say the scariest thing for me was to go into my boss's office at the company where I worked and turn in my notice. Everything else was hard, but not as hard because I knew I was kind of ending that career, at least in that moment, and walking away from what I had built to that point and into something that could completely fail. So that was the hardest thing I did. And then, of course, you know, opening a store, there's a lot of, of um, details and a lot of money. And I, I had never opened a store before, so I was kind of learning as I went. Although I read a lot of books and I talked to a lot of women who had started their own businesses and men to kind of understand the fundamentals. And you were selling, even when you were working at your other business, you had sort of your side hustle like yes. I did with the Vintage Contessa. I was buying and selling bags on the side while I was still working, Absolutely. which gave you an idea of how you could actually make a living doing it. I did. So while I was at my corporate job, on the side, I started selling a clothing line that was sold through home shows. Mm -hmm. So I'd work at my day job, and then in the evenings, I would start doing the clienteling and, and prepping to do these home shows with this clothing line. So, you know, I wasn't even sure I would be good at selling clothes to women. And so it was through this um, side job that showed me, A, yes, I do really love it. B, I can be good at it. And, and C, I really, 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 really want to take this risk. And so it was through that sort of side hustle, to use your words, uh -huh. um, it gave me the confidence that I needed to walk in and, and turn in my notice and, and say I'm going to go for it. Um, and I it's will. a competitive market to have a boutique. I mean, I've had friends that have opened and closed boutiques. I remember one of them in particular. I said, what brands are you going to carry? What are you going to do? Who are your market? And she said, well, I think I'm going to sell to moms at the school, and I'm not really sure what brands. <laughs> but all of that, and, um, and she's a, an incredibly smart, talented woman in the workforce, but her she didn't really develop a business plan. And what I found so interesting is you picked a niche. You weren't gonna be everyone to everything, but you started in a neighborhood and you really worked on the connection. It was in Bel Air, so you were, and you still have that location, right? I do, that was the very first one. Bel Air and West U, and you knew who your market was, which was? Really, um, moms who wanted to look pulled together, um, they some of them worked some of them didn't uh there was an age range from like like mid 30s to mm -hmm. mid to late 50s um really appealing to that market um i will say that there was an evolution with what we carried in the store we kind of opened with a, a, an inventory that we thought was a good uh, fit but then in reading the customer as they came in and listening to the customer and really appreciating what it was that they really wanted, I, we evolved quickly to, um, and we're, we're still evolving actually, things change all the time. You know, we're, we bring our customer on a journey with fashion yes. and we're bringing the stores on a journey with fashion and relationships. And so it's, um, you know, you can't just sit still and no. And shopping was different then. In 2008, I think most people were accustomed to going into a store and buying. And then um, 
so many people now just order online. So it's even more amazing that you could have three stores that are successful, made it through COVID, which was a time when people were not going out. Let's talk about that. Like, how did that change your buying? How was, and we're coming into a new phase now even that has changed your buying. Yes, so quickly. So uh, with COVID, so at, at the time when COVID onset, uh -huh. we had four locations. And um, obviously when the city was shut down, things changed really quickly. And even before that, you know, our customers were shying away from being in public and shopping. And then of course we were completely shut down. So it did change everything. And we didn't have a shop online website at that time. We, we did have a website and it was more of like a catalog style mm -hmm. website where you could see what we offer, but you couldn't actually make purchases online. So we, once we were shut down, my marketing person and I, we, we flew into, oh my gosh, we need to shop online website. And we were able to quickly get one up within a few weeks. Um, kind of bumbled through it, but we got it together. And I will say, um, sometimes I get sensitive talking about it, but I mean, instantly our customers started shopping. It was, it was like they were just wanting to support us and um, do what they could while we were closed down. And um, we had to put a lot on sale. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was the big driver of the cash flow at the time, was just marking down, marking down, marking down, because the clothes in the store were just sitting there aging. And so um, the promotions really helped. Uh, what, meanwhile, you're taking a huge cut and you're basically making no money, but at least you're through your website, moving the merchandise. And um, then when curbside opened, things got a little bit better. Mm -hmm. uh, but meanwhile, my fourth location in the Woodlands was, was just suffering so much. And I was very stubborn about closing that store because I, I knew if it was a different time. It could have. I think it yes. could have taken off. It's just, you know, we were basically bleeding out and something had to change. And I, the stores in town, while they weren't thriving, they, you know, they showed that they could make it through if we made the right decisions and had enough cash. And so um, my business dramatically changed because we shut, closed down a store. But as far as what we were carrying in the store during the COVID time, we had a real shift. You know, our customers would come mm -hmm. to us for pull together casual, dressy casual, kind of going out, having fun, um, styling. Mm -hmm. And it quickly went to loungewear, super casual things that we had kind of only dabbled in a little bit in the store. And um, I will say that um, we shifted gears pretty quickly. We put those promotions on, uh, sold out the stuff through our website um, at rock bottom prices to make room for this new style of dress. Um, and I did want to comment that over the years, we have really developed strong relationships with our vendors. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, through those relationships, we've always had strong partnerships, mutual respect. Um, we've always worked together collaboratively. Um, so when the times were difficult, uh, they worked with us and we worked with them. and. It was hard getting merchandise at that time, but I know we were shown priority uh, for the merchandise that we wanted um, in a timely manner because of the relationship that we had had over the years. Um, I think that definitely was part of our success. 
because at that time and even still now because we're dealing with delays out of China and delays mm -hmm. out of where uh, merchandise is coming from, shipping delays, uh, we're still dealing with a lot of delays but I think because we had these strong bonds with our vendors and mutual respect, um, we helped each other that in this time I think one of the reasons why we are surviving and almost thriving again is because of those relationships. And I find that to be the thread. You are our 51st podcast guest of Living the Authentic Life, and we had 70 podcasts prior. And I am, with successful people, I find that they know when to stop and when to keep pushing through because commitment and determination is so important. But you said, I knew it was time to close the store in the woodlands and you knew when it was time to take a loss mm -hmm. and move forward because you believed in the process and the other thing I find to be so consistent is connection with all sides of the business model that it is not just a consumer relationship but right. it is a sourcing relationship it is the relationship of the team, right. that your team members, and that's what I find to be the most consistent struggle with any business owner is the team of people that manage, that are willing to also be flexible because you hired them to do A, meet with people who walk in the door every day, and then you're saying, become a website expert in photography and yeah. posting online yeah. and managing distribution. Yeah. And, and work from home and, and, and there, were, there were so many changes. It's just, and if there's anything that we've been strengthened from, it's that ability to know that our connections with our, our um, shoppers, our connection with our sources is able to have flexibility and I love it um, I just um, we had a friend that walked through that has been shopping in your store and we were talking with and her kids are off at school so she's looking for that UT orange and we had somebody that came in yesterday and bought the orange Hermes TPM Evelyn for his daughter which Aww. by the way shout out to the dad <laughs> that buys his daughter the Evelyn bag for college no kidding but um, it is so interesting, like we can be in our head thinking about what our journey is, but really it's about what our clients' needs are too, mm -hmm. and you right. being able to adapt to that. So it's football season, it's also high school football games in the colors that they're wearing, it's sorority colors. What are some of the other interesting things you've been surprised about? Well, one thing that I'm very happy about uh -huh. uh, is the, the the shift back. So we, for, for a long time during COVID, we had a store full of loungewear um, and a little bit of active wear, but it uh -huh. was just mainly comfort. And then, boom, you think the things started opening up, people started feeling more confident about going out and having to then reshift back mm -hmm. the merchandise to something that would accommodate where where we all are now, mm -hmm. which is not exactly where we were before, but you know we're making that evolution, and, yes. and we'll get there. Um, so that's been exciting the The exciting part is just seeing how it changed from what it was. To what it 
then became and now I see where it's going and I'm super happy about that I mean I yes. don't get me wrong I, I love hanging out in my loungewear on Sunday sometimes but yes. I do love getting dressed and, and going out and seeing people and engaging Absolutely. with people and I do like to put on makeup I look way better with makeup and, and I look way better in a cute outfit I feel way better in a cute outfit but anyway that's so <laughs> we talk about that repeatedly on our post, um, and we talked about that when we met you. Danette and I are like the queen of, we're not having a good day, so we're going to dress for the day. Mm -hmm. Dress to pull ourselves out. I walked in the store, immediately was like, oh, that pink jacket. I have six or five already. And we're like, why don't we make it six? And you were so generous to give this to me. Of course. But it, um, it lights up your face to put on a bright color and to mm -hmm. be able and when you're in this intimate shopping experience, I like that your team welcomes you, but you don't feel forced to try things on. Right. But I think it's great to like branch out because we're in the fashion industry. We know kind of what to look for. I've had my color analysis done. So even me at my age, I'm trying to search for more color and not just buy black and white right. and stay with that. So tell us a little bit, okay, fall is officially here. We got like the slightest bit of a cool snap mm -hmm. here, but people are going to be coming in. I've noticed faux leather. Yes, leather and coming. faux leather is huge. It's such a, and it's done, but more in a casual way where it used to be like the really tight leather skirt or something. Now it's like I saw some great kind of jogger looking faux leather that yes. it seemed to be that transition. But then we're even doing that with heels. Yes. So talk about some of these trends you're excited to share. So one of my favorite trends is the leather and faux leather. Uh -huh. and I love seeing it in a more casual way, like the joggers that you mentioned. But also we have these great leather cuffed shorts that are pleated in the front that you can dress down with a graphic tee and a sneaker. Mm -hmm. But you can also dress up with a silk cami and a blazer and your stilettos and look amazing. They're they're very multifunctional and that's what I yes. love about them. And with the weather here in Houston, we have a long time to wear something like that. So that's very exciting. Pink has been trending strong since last spring. It's tr it's trending big for the yes, fall. Yes, I We're saw it's a fall color officially. I know, I I'm know. like pink for fall. Yeah. Yes, and all shades. Like we have the bright magentas, mm -hmm. and then we also have more of the blush. All shades are trending, uh, not just for the fall, but actually trending forward through the spring, the upcoming spring. So it's really um, you're buying something that will have longevity, which is mm -hmm. exciting. I also love that we're seeing, you know, high-rise has, high-rise denim has been in for several seasons now, mm -hmm. but it, we're sticking with it, but now we're seeing like the high-rise high uh, boot cut, which are amazing. You know, boot cut has, comes and goes in popularity. Yes. It's, it's back in right now. And what I think it's so important about that is that it's very elongating for your legs mm -hmm. uh, to wear a boot cut. And especially now coupled with a high-rise, you know, it just is very elongating for those of us who don't have long legs. Um, Me. It's a beautiful thing. Um, and for those of you who do, they're actually cut long enough for you now. So yes. Nice. Um, anyway, so I've really enjoyed seeing that come back, uh, especially with the high rise. And, um, you know, dresses are back and big right now. And we yes. just can't seem to be. And florals. Floral. The floral flowy dress. Yes. I feel like some of these things were really even popular back 
in the 80s when I was dressing um, in middle school and high school, I remember those Jessica McClintock, I don't know if you mm -hmm. remember, but like that kind of old fashioned and maybe Briggerton and some of those uh, shows that have been on have also yes. influenced just a little bit to, to have that kind of um, style of being a little bit more traditional. Although I have to say, um, my daughter's fashion is really surprising to me. I talk about Bella all the time. So yesterday she ordered her first pair of Lululemon mom wide at the bottom pants that I have that I still was wearing when they were out of style to wear at home lounging. But like the like you're saying, the wide bottom coming back. And then for me, homecoming was the time you actually went to a football game and went to a dance so you were wearing something more like a floral long dress or something now like the homecoming dresses are like fitted and scalloped and so are you also dressing mothers and daughters and how are you kind of stating that what the mom feels comfortable with and then what the daughter is seeing on social media it's been interesting, but I, I will say, really, since we opened, we have had that beautiful uh, dynamic of mothers and daughters coming in and shopping, and mm -hmm. we've been able to read that and make sure that we have something for both. And in some cases, it, it can be similar, mm -hmm. and in some cases, it's very different. And um, it's something that I feel like we do well here, mm -hmm. um, because you know, you both the mom and the daughter leave with something exciting. As far as balancing or managing, you know, the daughter gravitating towards something that's more cropped and, yes. and something that's more fitted and definitely <laughs> really, a lot shorter. Really short. Um, you know, we have some moms that get it and will be uh -huh. more comfortable with uh -huh. it. Um, we try to balance it out if they're showing a lot of leg. We we step in and say, okay, let's, let's cover the top up. Or if they're showing a lot at the top, let's have a little longer. We, we try to balance for the daughter and the mom in the best way that we can. And I love that. And that was something that I really learned um, and tried to embrace in my style was that you can't be showing all of this up here and then also have something really short or you're giving the wrong message and it's not being pulled off in a way that you feel good about it. Right, and I think also in general, I mean, shorter, hemlines can be really fun yes um, I think especially we, with their figures yes and you you can you know be more conservative on the top and mm -hmm. have a shorter hemline but you can also you know, not wear a stiletto yes like a high high heel you know wear or wear a tall boot if you want to yes. wear a high high heel so that you are covering up some of the skin or wear a flatter shoe you know sneakers are really big right now so if you want to wear um, a shorter skirt put it on with a sneaker, it's so cute. Um, so you're just kind of balancing the overall outfit to where it, it looks more tasteful. Yes, and your accessory game is so strong here. I love that you guys are always showing hats because I'm a hat fanatic, and I just walked in and saw a pink one and put it on immediately. Yes. Um, and I do have a pink hat already too. But um, So tell us about accessories. Like, what are you seeing? I love your your um, initial necklace. I think those are so cute, and I've been seeing a lot of people doing those. Yes. Well, you know, personalization and and wearing initials that that's always in, but it does come and go in popularity, and it's more popular right now. So we have initial necklaces, initial rings. We have initials on bracelets, and so um, we have a nice. 
collection of that. I and also layer, layering your necklaces yes. is really still very big right now. Um, I'm doing a single necklace today, but um, typically I have two to three necklaces on at any given time, and it's very pr pretty. Um, it started out more delicate, but people are getting a little heavier with the layers. Yes which is fun um, you know things just change and evolve to keep it interesting you know we can have a classic sometimes traditional style mm -hmm. but still incorporate trends that are current in the way we dress the ones that we're comfortable with so um, you know I consider myself a little more classic in the way I dress mm -hmm. but there are always ways to incorporate a trend to, to, to fit where you're still comfortable and you're still your true self. Exactly. And I love the, um, the combination of wearing costume fashion jewelry that is more cost effective, that is trendier. Although what you're wearing, I feel like, is also very much like those hoops are great that they would last forever. To have gold hoops like that is a really big investment. And then to buy those pieces are, is, and it's, lighter weight sometimes to do the fashion jewelry yes. as opposed to doing the actual gold pieces. And just from a safety standpoint too, not that people know the difference, I feel a little bit more comfortable, especially traveling, wearing, bringing my fashion jewelry with me than bringing my really expensive things and leaving it in a hotel room. Right, well, and the, yes, mixing is so important. You you want to mix. Um, it's 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 not necessarily in fashion all the time to be head to toe in a certain brand or head to toe in in and you know elevated pieces. We have um, like with your store, you have luxury brand like elevated pieces, um, real jewelry, and um, you know brands that that we all aspire to have and, and you provide it in a way that is more accessible and I love that and so you know I may be wearing um, a dress that is not necessarily a brand name and it wasn't a super expensive dress but I can dress it up with a great luxury handbag or a great luxury watch or a piece of jewelry and you can you can elevate the whole look that way um, some, and or you know Valentino shoes or your Valentino bag or um, however you want to do it. I think it's great to mix um, and just kind of create your own unique style through what you're wearing and what you love. And that was the way my brand actually started was me going, having these go-to accessories to go because um, I came from a family and work with the family business where you invested in pieces that went up in value and you didn't buy clothing. So I was always looking for the value and the deal. And the great thing about our business is we got to travel to Europe and I was always looking for things and everyone knows I love Europe. I haven't been in a while, but you just came back from Portugal. So let's talk about how you packed for a trip because that's a big thing people ask me a lot when we were traveling a lot. Uh, like how do you, did you do carry on? Did you bring a lot? Did you pick a color? Did you, tell us like what do you pack for a trip to Europe? So I hadn't been to Europe in a while, and I mm -hmm. hadn't taken a, a trip that was this many days in a long time, and so um, it was like I had to remind myself, okay, how do I do this? Um, I did, for the most part, pick a color palette. I did a mm -hmm. lot of black and white and pink because mm -hmm. I I, I, mm -hmm. I too love especially the brighter pinks, although mm -hmm. I'm wearing like 
like a more of a blush pink today. Mm-hmm. And so I, I started with that process and knew I wanted it was really shoe based and, and it is. Yeah, I really was like, which you shoes do I really want? <laughs> so. so I love that you yeah. do that. I kind of start with the shoes and the handbags and then go up from yes. there because you can only take so many of those. It's so true. And so uh, I knew I wanted to, to bring my black studded boots. Uh-huh. I knew I wanted to bring my Valentino espadrilles and of course a pair of sneakers. And then I always travel with a flip flop because I don't like to be barefooted anywhere. Um, oh, good <laughs> yeah. Some hotels in Europe are not desirable. Right, right. So um, anyway, I started there and uh-huh. from there, you know, knowing that it was a birthday celebration and we were mm-hmm. going to be going out in the evenings and wanting to be dressy casual. Portugal is not a, a, a formal place to go, okay. but, but they have elevated restaurants where you uh-huh. want to do dressy casual. I love that. And I too base a lot of it on one jacket. Sometimes yeah. I can bring two, I'll pack one in and bring it um, on the plane. And then I try to throw in a wrap that I could, or a scarf yes. or something like that too. And sometimes I bring a hat, but hats are hard to travel with. They're really hard to travel with. I do think bringing a scarf is very smart. And Uh and normally I do pack one, but didn't this time and Uh ended up borrowing a scarf for my friend. Uh So I was like, gosh darn it, I forgot my scarf. It's a great way to have yet another layer, especially if you're going somewhere where it's cool in the evenings. You don't necessarily need it during the day, but you might want to throw it on in the evenings. Okay. And how do you handle this? Do you use your cute tennis shoes to work out in also or did you bring workout tennis shoes and cute tennis shoes okay full def- full confession uh-huh. i never travel with my hiking boots never, oh, because they're too bulky and i i, I struggle i, I, I want to look cute on the plane and so i will not wear them on the plane but the suitcase that i had was a bigger suitcase oh. and so after i packed everything that i wanted i was like okay i think i can bring these hiking boots. And so I packed the hiking boots and I ended up, even though there were, there, there was exercise that we did that didn't really call for hiking boots, uh-huh. I wore the hiking boots and it was perfectly fine. Got it. I know, I struggle <laughs> with that too. Yes. Because sometimes I'm like in my Chanel tennis shoes, <laughs> working out, going, I'm getting these all dirty. Yes. And I'm freaking out about it. But you, because that is part of it, is that if you're gonna really be balanced, when we have the time and we're on vacation, and it's a fun adventure, I right. feel like, to go. And how were the Portuguese people to you? So friendly, and it was, everyone was friendly. I do think that you get back what you give, so mm-hmm. uh, most of the time. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, they just were very warm and friendly. They were very welcoming. Everywhere we went, um, you know, in general, a lot of the Portuguese people mm-hmm. spoke English. Okay, so let's talk about back to school. Okay. Um, you are a mom. Yes. And how is all of that going? Because I share constantly that as a mom of a teenager, I'm struggling with everything that's happening and back to school and parenting and when I intervene and when I let them do it on their own. Let's talk a little bit about parenting. Yes, it's, it's obviously the biggest part of our lives and the most important part, at least in my eyes. And, you know, it's been a balance. I'm a single mom and I have a nine-year-old daughter and a seven-year-old son. Of course, I have my stores and um, friends and family too, balancing it all just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say back to school has been um, easy for my daughter. She is just so easy. 
and a little bit of a challenge for my son. He is, um, he, he's, he's just so mischievous and silly and, you know, struggles to focus and he's just the class clown. And so we've already had a parent teacher, we're only four weeks in and we've already had a parent teacher conference. Um, and so. Shout out to Rob. <laughs> uh, well. My husband is definitely the class clown. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, see, and he, he's very smart. He just, you know, he has a lot of energy and it, he, he struggles mm -hmm. to focus. It, it is, it is a thing and, um, you know, it makes it less easy. For me, it's balancing out because my daughter is so easy, and mm -hmm. you know, so and I'd still give her focus and attention, just like yes. I do him, because uh, you don't want to let that right end. Uh, but I am spending a lot of extra time working with him, and like even this morning, he was bouncing off the walls, and I was like, "Let's get this book," and because I have this book that that can show you how to draw. And oh. I'm trying to get ready. I have to be perfectly ready. Right, to go, to, well, yes, and you have a big event. And well, I also, office. today was the first day of the PTO meeting at the oh, school. No. I wanted to be involved this year because my yes. son is struggling, and so um, historically I have not been involved. I'm just too busy, but I was like, this is important for my children that I'm involved, so I had to be complete, get them up, get them ready, although they're mostly self-sufficient, get myself ready, go to PTO, and then come here, and... And then during the PTO meeting, I somehow volunteered <laughs> to be on the board. I was like, ah, <laughs> but I'm actually super yes. excited. I wasn't planning on doing that. I just was planning on going and being in the know and trying to stay more connected. But I am really excited about it. Being there and being with the other moms and dads uh, of other parents that really care and want to make um, the best year for the teachers and the kids. I'm really excited about it, actually. I came out of there going, so glad I did this. You know, I went Aww. in with one, one idea of why I was doing it, and I came out with that same idea, but I'm, but other ideas, and I'm just super excited about it. And I am going to squeeze it in. I have such a strong team here mm -hmm. uh, that you know I'm at a point where I I can take some more time like that to to be, do the mom things because my team here is so strong. I'm so lucky. So yeah, balancing it all is something, it, it's, it's ongoing, it's a learning process. And I don't know that you, I mean, I would love to meet the moms and dads that are doing it perfectly, because maybe I could learn something, but I do think it's just a constant moving target, and you should never expect per perfection from yourself, because I don't think it's out there, but if you're, if you're doing your best, to to do what you need to be doing I think that's all you can do and you know my kids are constantly telling me how much they love me I love you mommy I love you mommy I love you mommy and I'm thinking okay well I must be doing something, something right, right. <laughs> gosh darn it you know exactly so. no that is the best award reward ever. yeah um acclaim that we could ever have so um, a friend of mine today was talking to me about Brene Brown, the gift of imperfection, and I was telling her about these conversations I've been having with Bella and worrying that I'm being too harsh or that sometimes they need to like hear the hard things. And I think the other thing is if you ask the busiest person in the room to do something, they're the person who's most likely to get it done. And if we want to make a change in our community, we have to be the change. Right. It's difficult to keep committing to other things, but when you see that there's a need, and if you're a person that's really connected, then you can't help but 
Um, but say yes when the timing comes up. I know I agreed to be like, on our auction committee <laughs> at EHS, so I'm doing so good. The, yes, I know. I said I would never be on an auction committee again. But you believe in what the school's doing, and I have to say, um, there's um, the greatest success of my business since COVID has been with social media and it has also been the hardest thing for my daughter to experience because these kids aren't just exposed at school to whatever happens but it's exposure after and through what realizing that they're not invited to the birthday party and everyone's right. there um, it's a chance for someone to text something that they'd never feel comfortable saying to your face it's and it's um, something real that as a community and as a PTO, and I was happy to see as Episcopal High School, they're really looking at the community and the way the kids are, are interacting together. So um, it's hard. I want everyone to know that there's no one doing it perfectly. And the best way to make the change is to be the change and to start with your, yourself, your family, and what you're doing with everyone. So you've been so authentic with us. You were even authentic with me saying that you're 49. I am openly telling people I'm 53. My style has changed so much, but if I came in and wanted you to help me pick out a few pieces for fall, what would you say the key pieces are? We talked about pink, we talked about faux leather. What would you say to add? Would it be the faux leather shorts? Well, I, I would first ask, you know, tell me about your lifestyle, uh -huh. tell me how you spend your time, because the really, if I, we don't already know a lot about the customer, which, you know, a lot of our customers are repeat customers. We know a lot about them and their families mm -hmm. and their children and just what they're doing. And, and so we do know a lot, but if, if we, we, we like to start asking questions to really guide what we're going to suggest. Mm -hmm. And um, so knowing that you're in front of the camera a lot, you're in front of your customers a lot, we, I know you're very active um, socially out there. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, after asking some questions, I would definitely put you in, in a bright blazer. You wear it so well. Plus, it's a great layer that you can use over dresses, over denim, over skirts, over pants. I mean, it's just it's so user t-shirts. Mm -hmm. um, so I think a blazer is a great, or a great leather jacket is a nice yes. way to kind of, and you get a lot of mileage out of it mm -hmm. and it can really change your look. So you're wearing a dress and then you put on a leather jacket, you've got a whole different look. Yes, because you have the floral and the more peasant vintage style mixed with this juxtaposition of a leather jacket which yeah. you used to think of as like a harley davidson driver so yeah. and i love that because i've really i've brought in um uh, todd ramos comes and helps me in my closet um once a season or sometimes more if i need it but that's what's really changed my dress is someone just kind of pushing me and they don't even have to have a stylist to shop here you can help them yes. just figure out um, what thing can maybe change something up so you see it in a different way than you've ever seen it. That's right. And you guys are posting videos, I see, and yeah. you're showing new products that come in. I think that helps too, where people don't feel like they have to come to the store every week, but they could tune in and learn like what new thing came in and just reach out through 
social media? Absolutely. So we we were doing a lot with social media before, but we uh -huh. it really amped up. That's another thing that really sort of changed um, with our business through COVID. Is we we were already in the process of amp amping it up, amping it up. But when COVID hit, it was like that's how we were connecting with our customers because uh -huh. we weren't connecting in the stores, and so very positively we are more engaged on social media than we ever were and I think our customers are really appreciating it even now that the stores are open um, they can start by looking on our social media mm -hmm. and, uh, and ask us questions through social media and just this morning I was responding to, some, responding to a customer about her jeans that she saw on a posting I did um, you know letting her know the sizes sending her the link if she wanted to shop online or come in and try them in the store so it's, it's a way to start the communication before they walk in the door. And if they don't have time to walk in the door, you know, now they can shop online. So, um, yeah. And I love that you can come in and try on, because I'm a texture person. I have a really hard time shopping online without seeing and feeling. And I'm always flattered when people say to us, you're like a real reel that has a store, because um, and you can come in and see what you have, feel it, touch it, try it on. Um, are you finding that if you can get someone in a dressing room, you can sometimes even open up their mind to more things? Absolutely. I think um, working with a stylist, you know, whether it's in, in a store or in your closet, is really important because you might put on a blazer and go, hmm. But then we show you what to put under it or how to cuff the sleeve and you're like oh. or even how to have it shortened just a bit yes. to make it fit better because it just changes the, the proportion can change so much it's so true and and so you can take something that had you been that you purchased online it was delivered you tried it on you looked in the mirror you're like you know, that could still be an amazing piece if you let someone show you how to style it on your body.